challenges with technology my phone stopped working my other phone got stolen so I had like difficulties trying to get back into recording mainly because of technology but I'm happy to be back and I'm happy to be putting out another episode and I hope you really enjoy this and I hope it ministers to you enjoy the three questions that I want to answer today are who do people say Jesus is? What does the Bible say Jesus is? And what do I say Jesus is? So I'm going to give you my perspective and what I've heard people say and what the Bible says. So people, what I've heard from people is Jesus, the son of God. Yeah, I've heard Jesus is king. I've heard that from Mr. Yeezy himself, a.k.a. Kanye West. Jesus is savior. Jesus is a Lord, the Lord. And some people use Jesus as an insult. So if you watch TV, you're going to see this a lot. When someone is frustrated about something, they're like, Jesus Christ. And it's like, okay. Are we <laughs> screaming at him? I have no idea how that came about. Um, I've heard people say Jesus is a healer. Jesus is a magician. So there's a lot of stuff out there about Jesus. But I think the best information um, that we can get about Jesus is from the Bible. So that's why... I wanted to share about who Jesus is based on the Bible because it's easy to um, say what we think personally and not refer to the book that was actually written by, by God or by people who were inspired by God. So it's really God's word written by people who were inspired by God. And in the Bible, in 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, All scripture is given by God, and all scripture is useful for teaching and for showing people what is wrong in their lives. It is useful for correcting faults and teaching the right way to live. So that's why it's important to read your Bible. It helps you to know what is right and wrong. And the first thing here, it says, All scripture is given by God. So it's directly from God. If you're trying to get to know God, you need to read the Bible. So if you want to learn or teach someone else, you can't teach someone else if you're not using the Bible. So I don't want to teach you guys anything that is not biblical. Alright? The other scripture um, that I want to read for you, which emphasizes the same point, 
in Second Peter 1, 20-21. It says, Most important of all, you must understand this. No prophecy in the scriptures comes from the prophet's own understanding. No prophecy ever came from what someone wanted to say. But people were led by the Holy Spirit and spoke words from God. So this again, it shows that the scriptures or what we read in the Bible is not from man's own understanding. Prophecy shouldn't be from man's own understanding. It is given by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is... Um, a spirit that is connected to God, so it, every person has a spirit. Well, every person has a the a body, um, soul, and a spirit. So the spirit of God is that which communicates to our spirit and tells us prophet prophecies, and these prophecies are now written down by those who receive them, so they are documented. So it's literally God speaking to people and then people documenting this so what we read in the Bible is really words that God wants us to know what God wants us to understand and the more we read the Bible the more we will understand God the more we, so when you're understanding God you get to know him you are in relationship with him so he becomes your friend you know and the Bible helps you get to know him better and also understand yourself better because if you believe God is your creator and every every invention has its manual, right? <laughs> so I guess you are, um, your manual is the Bible because God created you and if you want to know what your purpose is, how you should operate, how you should function, what you should do and not do, then you gotta read the Bible. And also it shows us how to treat other people. So God is very passionate about community, about us loving one another, caring for one another, being a family, a kingdom family. So he in the Bible we learn a lot about how to treat other people as well. So it's not just for you and you alone, but also how what you're learning you can share with other people. So yeah, I just wanted to share that firstly to give you an idea of why it's important to read the Bible. And I really want to encourage you to get a Bible if you don't have one, um, a physical one, like a paper one. You can get an app. I use an app. I like the app because you can download different versions so when I read a verse and I don't understand it, I try to read it in different versions. My favorite version is it's called the easy to read version. So I'm using the U version Bible app, right? So there's easy to read version and I use the Passion. Although Passion does not have the Old Testament, it only has the New Testament. Mm, I love the amplified version. I think that is my favorite. Amplified version. Yeah, amplified version and easy to read version are my favorites. Amplified has a lot extra information. 
that you don't necessarily get in other versions is it really just makes things light and simple um, to understand and to read as well it's not as poetic as amplified amplified is very poetic so yeah yeah so it's really up to you that if you're really serious about dating Jesus getting to know him you know dating requires showing up to the date and being willing to get to know the other person right just like we do it with humans we gotta do it with Jesus as well so the best way you want you will get to know Jesus is through the Bible and if anyone tells you anything that is not in the Bible that's wrong so that's how you can tell what someone is saying is right or wrong, right? Um, like here, the verse that I read in 2 Timothy 3.16 where it says, All scripture is given by God and all scripture is useful for teaching and for showing people what is wrong in their lives. So you, you the Bible reveals a lot of truth when you're reading it and it shows you what is right and what is wrong. So... Don't just hear somebody else say something and then you just take their word for it. Read your Bible, know where the scriptures are, know what they say, and ask God to reveal to you what He wants you to get from them. I read, I can read the same scripture over and over again and each time get like a different thing. So it depends on what I'm going through and what God wants to teach me or reveal to me. It, it, you, and every scripture just can hit me differently each time I read it. So I really want to encourage you all to get a Bible. And if you can't get a physical one, a paper one, get a app, download an app. The same device you're using to listen to this, download a Bible app. Alright. So... The question I'm trying to answer is what does the Bible say about Jesus? What do they what what do scriptures say about who Jesus is? So the first scripture that that I'm going to read, I think it's very clear about who Jesus is. Uh, this is Mark 1 10 to 11 and it says as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw the sky torn open. The spirit came down on him like a dove. A voice came from heaven and said, You are my son, the one I love. I am very pleased with you. So this scripture takes place um, when Jesus was being baptized. So this is, Jesus is about 30 years old. Um, from what I remember. And you can can research that if you want to know as well um and this is right before he starts his ministry so if you read the bible you'll find that jesus kind of disappeared before before that time well the, the at the age of 12 when he he got lost he was left behind by his parents when he was at the temple and then he decided you know, he's just going to do his thing and stay there. And his parents are looking for him everywhere. And 
he went home and behaved for the rest of his teenage years and then showed up in his 30s you know you know how 30s are you are like ready ready for the world and very wise <laughs> i'm saying that because hint hint wink wink nudge nudge but anyway so jesus is being baptized by john the baptist and as he was coming out of the water after he was he had been baptized um so baptism happens um with water there's two types of baptism there's water baptism and holy spirit baptism but this time around we're talking about the water baptism so usually what would happen is you are dipped your whole entire body is immersed in water um and then it just takes a few seconds but the whole process is to really um the word just left me i see it but it's not coming out of my mouth ah signify yes <laughs> so the whole process signifies that when you are immersed in water the old is gone and then when you come out the new is now um born in a sense um when you hear people who are born again they're not really they don't go back in the womb and then come out again you know what i mean but but that process of being baptized it just signifies that whoever you were before now when you're immersed in water and you come out you're a new creation and whatever sin you did before that it's all forgiven it's all gone like you were a new creation and it's such a symbolic um passage for any christian to go through because it it really has a heavy weight um of significance in anyone's faith journey so yeah jesus got baptized if you have not been baptized you should really consider getting baptized but anyway um so he comes out of the water and then what happens the sky opens up how amazing that it's torn <laughs> the sky is torn and the spirit came down like a dove that sounds so sweet like the dove just comes and just lands so gently Ugh. Ah, anyway i'm romanticizing everything <laughs> and a voice from heaven said you are my son the one i love i am very pleased with you so at this point god is speaking directly and revealing that this is my son to everyone you know as everyone who's there to witness Jesus's baptism heard this heard God say this is my son and I'm very pleased with him so it's it's God owning it like I see you and I notice what you're doing and I'm pleased with you I think that's amazing that 
God, God wanted to acknowledge who Jesus was, you know. So that's one of the things that the Bible says Jesus is. Jesus is the Son of God, okay. And when you look in Mark 8, verse 27 to 29, it says, Jesus and his fellow and Jesus and his followers went to the towns in the areas of Caesarea Philippi. While they were traveling, Jesus asked the followers, Who do people say I am? They answered, Some people say you are John the Baptizer, <laughs> others say you are Elijah, and others say you are one of the prophets. Then Jesus asked, Who do you say I am? Then Peter answered, you are the Messiah. Okay. So this they're walking, minding their own business. And I feel Jesus is walking with them. It's like, okay, these people are following me. Cool. They are my followers. Who do they think I am? You know? Just like I'm asking myself, what do people think Jesus is? Or who do they think Jesus is? The same question Jesus thought about, like, who do they really think I am? So he asked them, like, what do people think I am? And they were giving all, all examples of prophets who have been there before, like the John the Baptist, the one who baptized Jesus, Elijah had gone before them. By the way, I'm reading Second Kings, and Elijah is on fire. I'm just like... This man, mm -mm. the fact that he didn't even die, he just was taken to heaven. What? Yeah, he was power. But anyway, Jesus is curious about what do they think he is? What, what do you guys think? You know, he's asking them. And then Peter says, you are the Messiah. So this is another revelation that we see in the bible of who jesus was and the messiah in the bible means someone who was meant to come and save israelites from slavery basically or just to redeem them to rule over them um in in the bible before jesus even came to earth there were so many prophecies that the Messiah will come, the Messiah will come. And they knew that this is going to happen at some point, but they didn't know who it would be. So now finally the Messiah is there, you know, and he's with them in the flesh, you know. And um, yeah, I'll add on to this later on towards the end. Um, And then... The other thing, the other verse I want to read is John 1, 1. Um, yeah, John 1, 1 to 5. It says, in the beginning, before the earth was made, the word was there. The word was God. The word. Mm -mm. Let me read that again. In the beginning, before the word, the earth was made, the word was there. The word was with God. And the word was God. He was there with God in the beginning. Everything was made through him and nothing was made without him. In him there was life 
and that life was light for the people of the world. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not defeated it. And then verse 14 says, The word became a man and lived among us. We saw his divine greatness, the greatness that belongs to the only son of the father. The word was full of grace and truth. So the word was in the beginning, right? The word was there, the word was with God, and the word was God. That's what the first part of John says. And then the second part, the word became a man and lived among among us. So here we the, it, it, it talks about the beginning, which is Genesis, the creation, and how the word was there in the beginning, and the word became man. The word was God. The word becoming man is Jesus, right? And then it says, we saw his divine greatness, the greatness that belongs to the only son of the father. The word was full of grace and truth. So we also see here that Jesus was the word from the beginning all the way till the word became, became man. So literally the word of God, the word of God is Jesus, but but the word has always existed, but it had to now transform into a person, a man. So Jesus is literally God in human form. That's how I like to explain it. Like Jesus. There are three forms of God. There's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So the Word was there from the beginning, but it wasn't the Son. It, was, it wasn't known as the Son because the Son had not yet come. right? So now when, the, when Jesus was born, then that became the Son. Okay? But the God the Father has always been there like we just read um when the sky opened up and God the Father said, This is my son who I'm pleased you know. Um and the spirit if you read Genesis one one it it talks about the spirit. The spirit was hovering around from the beginning. <laughs> Excuse me. So yeah. I know it might be a little bit confusing but it's also very straightforward. <laughs> the word is Jesus. You know, Jesus is the word. And Jesus is God. And he's God in human form. He's God who came down to earth and lived a life just like we are living. It was a different culture different environment but he was a human being just like you and I the only difference is that he was both human and God so that's why I say Jesus is God in human form he's not an idol he's not like one of the gods or whatever he's just a part of 
God that is that came in human form. The way I usually think about it or understand it, you see how our bodies are in three forms: uh, the body, the soul, the spirit. I always think of the Trinity in that way as well, like the body in this form would be Jesus, the Son, like the 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 one who came in the physical, and then the soul would be the spirit. Spirit is the one which has more the intellect, the mm, the communication. You can't really see it, but it exists. Like your soul, there's a mind, there's a there the these processes that operate in your mind that you might not necessarily see, but you experience them and they are very real. And then the spirit. What did I say? Yeah. The the overall like being of God is the Father. Like he's more of like the um like a father figure he's he's like like the king he's he's now the major aspect of all of this so just like we have like three parts to our being that's how i see god is he has three parts to his one being his one being so this is just one of the parts of who he is so jesus is god in human form but he's still son of god he's still messiah yeah he's a lot of things okay the other verse that i want to read for you is still in john 1 this is verse 16 to 18 it says yes the word was full of grace and truth and from him we all received one blessing after another. That is, the law was given to us through Moses. But grace and truth came through Jesus. No one has ever seen God. The only son is the one who has shown us what God is like. He is himself God and is very close to the Father. You see, Jesus himself is God. He is God himself and he reveals the Father to us. The more we get to know Jesus, the more we get to know God the Father. You know, so the more we relate to God through Jesus, so we are getting to know Jesus. And the more we are in relationship with Jesus, the more he reveals the bigger, the bigger, grand, the bigger picture of who God the Father is. And, yeah. So, Jesus is not just the Messiah. He's not just the Son of God. Um, he's not just God. He's still the Word as well. You know, like, I, I read, um, I think it was Amplified Version, one of the versions that said, the word is just any communication. They they described it as a communication. Mm, not necessarily the Bible. The Bible is one of the communications. But even up to today, we are still experiencing communication from God. And 
It can be truth. It can be anything that is revealed in form of communication or form of speaking or form of being yeah spoken is the word and when i think about it i'm like the word was there in the beginning remember when god was creating the world well if you don't know you need to read genesis 1 that is the very first book in the bible and the way god created the world was just speaking speaking something and it just happened spoke and it happened said let there be light and there was (laughs) it just was because he spoke it so the word is just it's amazing what god is able to do with words words are powerful but jesus is also the word of god like the the communication of god he is that and he was that in the physical as well um when he came down to earth he was literally sharing who god was in the physical so that was his ministry just sharing who god is isn't that amazing i just had a revelation like oof what jesus okay um and then uh, the next scripture is first john 5 6 to 8 it says jesus christ is one is the one who came he came with water and with blood he did not come only by water no jesus came by both water and blood and the spirit tells us that this is true the spirit is the truth so there are three witnesses that tell us about jesus the spirit the water and the blood these three witnesses agree so i've read this scripture before and when i first read it um i in this material that i found somewhere else it it said these three witnesses agree to imply that the three witnesses are the father the son and the holy spirit the more I researched about it, um, I found that the, the water, the blood and the spirit, actually what I just wrote, you know, it's so crazy when I was preparing for this, I, God is so good, like giving me all this word, honestly, I didn't plan this, how it came about myself, it's really God who has been giving me ideas on how to do this so the water what i got is that the water so in the scripture it says he came with water and with blood all right so and then it also talks about the spirit so not just water and blood but also the spirit so these three testify of what jesus is or who jesus is so they these three witness three witnesses agree they just it 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 shows clearly that this is the same person okay so water so i read this i think it's from the amplified i've been getting a lot of information from everywhere um 
next time I need to make a point of where I get this stuff or where it comes from. But um, so water, water implies baptism of Jesus. Like I explained before, baptism happens when someone is immersed in water, and then when they come out, they are a new creation, right? So it's a symbolic um, gesture or um, what can I call it? The word is gone. The word that I'm trying to think about, not the word is in the word of God, but the word I'm thinking about. Um, yeah, so, so baptism happens with water, right? And what we read earlier in Matthew 8, no, Mark 8, when was when Jesus came out of the water, the sky opened up and said, and, G- and God said, this is my son. Oh no, that was, I lied, I lied, what verse was that? Mm, Mark 1, not Mark 8. <clears throat> This is my son, the one I love. I am very pleased with you. So that was a way that God revealed that this was Jesus. You know, Jesus, his son. So it, it publicly testified that this is um, Jesus's, Jesus is the son of God. Okay. So that's one of the testimonies of who Jesus is. The other is the blood. So the blood represents the death of Jesus Christ on the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. So there's no man who has ever resurrected from the dead. Now, we know we've seen videos, we've seen clips from South Africa about a guy who resurrected hmm let me tell you something no I don't believe it I'm gonna be direct I don't believe that was real I don't know how they did it I didn't even watch the videos to to to, to even check there's some things that I just sense they're rubbish and then I don't I just don't don't follow so if this is where you get off bye it's okay. I'm just, I'm going to be honest with you. So the, the, the process of God, of Jesus dying on the cross and resurrecting, this also testifies that he is God. Right? It shows that he is God. And death could not defeat him. Like I read in John 1, where it says, everything was made through him. And nothing was made without him. In him there was life. And that life was light for the people of the world. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not defeated it. Jesus is like out here. Winning. Winning. Even death could not defeat him. The enemy thought, hmm, I'm going to kill him. But still, death could not defeat him. So... Yeah, the blood also testifies as to who Jesus is because he did not die like normal human beings. He was resurrected in a very miraculous way.
right? And then the spirit. So the spirit reveals truth, like the scripture says. The example that I want to use is the example of Peter. So I read earlier that Peter, this is now Mark 8, when when Jesus was walking with his followers, and then he asked, so who do you think I am? And then firstly he asked, who do people say I am, and who do you think I am? And Peter said, you are the Messiah. So he didn't come up with that. It was the Holy Spirit who gave him that idea that Jesus is the Messiah. So the Spirit really reveals the truth to us. We do not know certain things for sure or even see them when it comes to the Spirit. But He gives us like personal revelation and convictions that that we become so sure of what we believe, you know. And Peter knew this because the Spirit of God revealed this to him. So there was no other way. The Spirit of God, the Father, revealed who Jesus was. So when I was reading this, I was like, what? I was really amazed how Scripture... Um, like proves itself, you know, that I was reading Matthews and Mark, and I was talking, and I was reading about baptism. I didn't know that there was John that was also going to, you know, testify on what the baptism was. Like I didn't realize it until when I heard it. I was like, okay, the water, the blood, and the spirit—all of them confirm that Jesus. Is the same person. It's the same person. You know. It's all witness. The spirit, the water, and the blood. These three witness. You know. So. That's what I got. Um, for anyone who feels like. They need some more information. Do your own research. I'm not going to lie. I'm one of those people who really believes that. You need to figure out for yourself. And if you feel I'm wrong in any way, you read something and you feel like, mm, I don't think you interpreted this very well, send me um, a message, DM me on Facebook. Let me know what you think, what, what you got from it. At the end of the day, I really want to encourage you to read scripture for yourself and and see what you will get. You know, like I said, most of the time I read scripture so many times and I get different things. So test me. If you feel like I'm not doing justice to scripture, I want to grow and I want to learn. So yeah, let's, let's talk about that. Okay, so the other question that I wanted to answer is what is he to me? Who is Jesus to me? To me, 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 myself, am I? Regardless of what everybody thinks. So, dating Jesus um, is about relationship with God, right? Relationship with Jesus. Just like dating a person, you have to get to know them and build a relationship with them. And at this point, me and Jesus are friends 
brother and sister. Um, he's my mentor. He's my God. He's my friend. It's just, it's like all relationships in one. Like, it's so crazy. I feel like he's my lover, too. <laughs> no, honestly, like, not in a romantic sense. Not in the sexual sense. No. Like, the way I feel pursued by Jesus. Like, I'm that special, special, special person. Like, that love. He's the love of my soul. Like, it's... It's so big. That sounded wrong. <laughs> no, I mean his love. His love is just too big. Like, it's so hard for me to explain it because I really experience fullness of love from Jesus. I love that song by Jonathan McReynolds, Love of My Soul. Mm. What I lack, you are full of. I forgot the other words. Mm explain it it's your god's love i love romans 8 how romans 8 describes god's love it's deeper and wider and higher than anything and nothing can separate us from god's love man if you have never read if you have never read romans 8 just take that as a homework just it's poetry literally poetry oh you will just be amazed by how god loves you just you how you are you know like nothing can ever separate you from his love that you're that special that he would do anything to be near you oh my goodness that is the kind of big love I can't even put in words it's amazing so yes Jesus is my friend Jesus is the love of my soul Jesus is my my brother there's a scripture in Romans 8 that says Jesus is the firstborn of many brothers and sisters so I, I always feel like Jesus is also my brother like we are siblings so that aspect of our relationship sometimes is not very good because we fight <laughs> or I fight him. Ugh, it's always just useless. I vent about something and then he keeps quiet and then eventually I come back and apologize because I realize that I'm wrong and then we make up. So... It literally reminds me of my brother as well. Like, that's what me and my brother do. Just life, you know. We disagree sometimes. But, yeah, 
there are moments when we just come together and yeah, I apologize for whatever I've done. And um other way I have experienced Jesus is as my Lord and Savior or Messiah. So Lordship most people use this word Lord Lord but the meaning behind Lord is I think it's very grand, just like I was trying to explain love. Lordship is so important in any faith, in any in any walk with God, in any relationship with God. Most people like the idea of, oh, you died for my sins, so I'm free from sinning and the, the consequences for my sin. Well, not really, you're not free from the consequences, but you might suffer the consequences here on earth. Let me give you an example of consequence. Um, you have sex, unprotected, not in marriage, you fall pregnant. Falling pregnant is a consequence of having sex. Just life happens. If you kill somebody, the consequence is... You're most likely go to jail. Those are consequences that take place, but the the forgiveness of sin is still there, regardless of the consequence being being taken or not. So you have hundred percent forgiven, but you already did the deed. You have to suffer the consequences. What was I saying? Lordship, yes. So, Lordship, I believe it's like the most important thing other than receiving Christ as your Savior is great, but it's, it, it's, it can be a one-time thing. Like, okay, I receive and then that's it. Lordship is what goes on for the long term. And Lordship means... You are not in control of your life anymore. You have surrendered control. Basically, you're saying, Jesus, you're the master now. You are the one who makes the decisions in my life. You are the one who's in control. I do not decide what peace does anymore. I do not decide. You are the one who decides and I follow your commands. I'm obedient to you. I will do as you want me to do. I'm literally your slave now. Before I was my own master and I was my own slave. But now I'm your slave. So I'm just going to submit to whatever you want. So that's lordship. And I, I tell you, that's one of the hardest things to do for any human being. But it's also the most freeing things to do. Ugh. I don't know why. It's equally so freeing when you let go of control and knowing that you don't have to worry about anything because God is in control. So whatever He wants to do in your life, He will do. You don't need to worry. So it just releases you from a lot of anxiety, a lot of should do this, could do this, whatnot, all of that. Um, 
back and forth that we experience trying to get somewhere, trying to be better, trying to be this, trying to be that. But now when God is in charge of your life, he determines what you should do. So you don't have to like think and worry about anything. But the process of letting go of that control, mm, I'm still, I'm still working on that. But it gets better. It really gets better. The more I experience lordship, the more I let go, the more I want to let go. So there's so many areas in my life that I've let go and there are areas that I'm still working on. So lordship is amazing. And the other way I have experienced God or Jesus personally is through the Spirit. So yeah, I've really experienced the Holy Spirit and I know I'm filled with the Spirit and I know this is Jesus in the spirit form so it's not Jesus in the physical form but in the spirit form so so he's all these things that I'm describing my friend my brother and whatnot I experienced that through the spirit you know it's I haven't seen him in the physical so I've experienced him through the spirit and for me it's as real as anything I can touch <laughs> it's so real because I've experienced so many things that to this point if you tell me oh Jesus is an illusion what what I'll be like child you have no you have no idea you have no idea like what I've experienced personally with Jesus I have no doubt he's real. I have absolutely no doubt that he's real, that he's there, that he loves me, that he cares for me. Do I always feel like it? No. <laughs> I don't go based on feelings because my feelings change every hour, every second. They change all the time, but Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. He does not change. So, yeah, and um, that's really my relationship with him. Um, I want to encourage you as well. If you want to have a relationship with Jesus, you have to make a decision. Um, the reason I can say I know for sure is because I made the decision and I went on the process of growth and I'm at a point where my life is not perfect but I know whose I am I know who I am and I know where I'm going and how I'm gonna get there and it's not because I'm very smart and intelligent now yes I am I'm very smart and I'm very intelligent but I am getting this wisdom from God from the spirit I'm being led by the spirit so yes, I'm using my intellect as well. But my intellect is telling me choose Jesus. <laughs> my intellect is still telling me to do the right thing. So we have all fallen short of the glory of God. We have all sinned. You know, Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. So our... Payment for sin 
it should be our death. You know, just like Adam and Eve, Jesus, um, God had said, if you eat the fruit, you'll die. It wasn't like physical death. It was like eternal death. And us, our, our sin will lead to eternal death. Death, I mean, when you die in sin, you go to hell. There's no nice way of putting it. It's just like that. You go to hell, you burn for eternity. Now that's death. <laughs> that's death. You're not really living, like, enjoying life. You're just existing and you're just burning the whole time. That's what sin causes. It's not just here on earth, but death as well. But God gives us free gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So if we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, then we have an opportunity to have eternal life in heaven. So it's life here and life after death on earth. Okay, so I know there's a lot of death I'm saying, but there's death here of the body where the body decays and it's done and then after that we move on to the next dimension of life which is life after death so if you if you lived in sin you die by going to hell if you lived if you gave your life to Christ then you live eternal life with Jesus where he is that's where we'll be alright remember he's the firstborn so wherever he is that's where the fam is gonna meet okay so you might say ah not for me no I'm not ready I don't know when you'll ever be ready I hope that it doesn't happen um yeah late then you find yourself burning up. You're burning up. You're burning up. I'm making light of it by the song, but it's actually not that not that light. That's really serious stuff. Um Yeah, I think it's something you need to decide where you stand. And as long as you can identify that you are a sinner you have done anything that is not good anything that it does not please God anything that is wrong whatever it is even through your thoughts through your heart whatever it is you have stolen, you have cursed whatever it is the slightest thing we have all done those things so all of us are guilty all of us Okay, so if you identify that you have sinned, all you have to do is confess that you are a sinner and repent. Say, okay, Jesus, I am, I suck, I sin and I do a lot of nasty things. I don't even know how to stop, but I'm sorry. That's repenting, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I've done one, two, three. 
and if you can be baptized that that would be really great because it's a very big symbolic gesture to say that I am letting go of who I was and now I am owning who you want me to be God you know and once that happens you receive the Holy Spirit just like Jesus when he got baptized the heavens opened and the dove the dove just landed on him the Holy Spirit you know it's the Holy Spirit I feel is the most important aspect of our faith because it's our day-to-day -day guidance on how to live your life how to find your purpose how to turn away from sin and most importantly that's where you will grow in a relationship with God so confess repent be baptized and then you receive the Holy Spirit and you will walk in a relationship with God remember Lordship it's important for you to not just say hey I'm, I'm a Christian now and just do whatever you want no this means when you say Jesus is your Lord you do what he wants you don't do what you want are you always gonna get it right no but be honest confess your sins and repent so this is gonna be a cycle confess repent baptize Holy Spirit relationship well, except for the baptism and the Holy Spirit, it's always there. But confessing and repenting is just part of our Christian walk. And this comes from Romans 10, 9 to 10. It says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. From for with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved so if you really want a relationship with god confess that he is lord and also repent of your sins and you know even if there's a tiny tiny little thing there that you are you are sure, you're not 100% sure, but there's a hint, there's a nudge, there's something there that you're like, maybe he's, maybe he's God, maybe this, I'm not sure, but I think, but I, that is a mustard seed faith. Okay, and God says, as long as you, even if you have mustard seed faith, faith as small as a mustard seed, he can work with it. So you don't have to be all the way in. You just have to be, you just have to have a little bit of faith, like, mm, I just want to see what you're all about. And say, so, okay, God, I have sinned. I have done some bad stuff. And you might feel like you're talking to yourself, but he's listening. And repent. So say you're sorry. Apologize for what you've done. And make an effort not to do that again. If you can, I don't know if you're in a church, in your local church, you can ask to be baptized. If it's a Bible-based church, they should be doing baptism. Well, maybe not right now because of Corona and, uh, and this pandemic, but it's something to 
really consider doing and I would advise you read more about what baptism is and also baptism in the Holy Spirit and yeah my my prayer is that you will develop a relationship with Jesus like he will also be the love of your soul he will be your friend your brother literally every relationship thank you so much for listening through the whole episode (laughs) and i hope it was it was insightful for you for your spirit for your relationship with god and just to understand god better understand jesus better and to actually want to be in relationship with him um yeah let me know if you got anything from this dm me on facebook um our facebook page is dating jesus podcast so just let me know how this was for you and yeah i want to know if this is helpful in any way and if there's anything you want to add or subtract from what i said dm me as well and next week i will be talking about dating jesus versus dating humans (laughs) yeah uh, dating humans sure okay yeah hope you'll tune in next week bye